All I know is when I was like 12 years old, I got locked in that cell on the field trip, and the stuff that went on there could have been part of the act, but I have no explanation for it, and that's all I'm going to say. Hey, I'm Brandon for Promises Kept Elective. This is the Hey How's It Going Show, and I'm here with Alana Weaver, the co-founder of 570 Press. She is also a podcaster, writer, and audio engineer. Hey, Alana, how's it going? It's doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Just been waiting for this all day, having a good old time. So tell me, uh, first, why don't you plug off, you plug and shout out whatever you'd like to do. Uh, Where can people find you at? Uh, well, you can find us um, pretty much anywhere there's social media. We just created our Twitter after like a year. Um, we just brought my cousin on the page, and she made the suggestion of a Twitter. I never even thought of that. So we're on Twitter. We are on Instagram at 570Press for both of them. Uh, we are on YouTube at 570Press Northeast PA. And then we're on Facebook as 570Press. Sweet. Nice. Um, so what, how'd you choose the name 570 Press? Um, I actually did not choose the name. Um, the guy who started it with me chose the name and the way that I always took it as kind of like paying homage to our area of Northeast PA, um, because that's the area code. So I always, I always kind of like took it as paying homage to that rather than, you know, anything like directly different from that. Okay. Yeah, nice. So area code and business name. That's pretty neat. People don't do that too much. Yeah, right. It's kind of like um that Motionless and White song 570, like when he's like, I fucking know where I came from. Like that's that's pretty much like what we're saying. Like we know where we came from. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, uh, 401 is the area code where I'm at. And I never thought of like doing 401 records or anything, but that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, ended up just rolling with Promises Cap Collective because the, me and the dudes I started it with, uh, I didn't even come up with it, but I kind of inherited it eventually and I just like it. So, yeah. 570 Press is a really cool name. Well, thank um, you. So, what all do you do with 570? Like, uh, just basic kind of journalism or? Um, we do a variety of things. Um, I pretty much like oversee everything. It gets done. We have a manager, um, Jordan, and then we just added my cousin Jamie on as our columnist. So I throw my hands into everything. If we have a show, I'm helping book it. I'm helping promote it. Um, you know, and we're always like trying to figure out something new to give to our audience. I book interviews. I perform the interviews. You know, um, a lot of times, a lot of times, like so. Well, since the quarantine has hit, um, a lot of times now it's just me doing the podcast. But sometimes I'll have Jordan with me. Or I'll have Jamie with me, and then we live stream shows. Um, you know, just pretty much anything that we can do to push these bands that we focus on to get them out there. All right. So, well, tell me more about the podcast. What's, what do you call it? Uh, we just call it the Five Seven Zero Podcast, and I go by numbers. So, I have one that's going to drop in a couple weeks called Podcast Number Eight. Um, but I just call it the 570 podcast because um, when I was starting the podcast, the 570 music show was taken. That's actually an award show um, up near me. So I just figured the 570 podcast would fit better. All right, neat. So um, 
what what kind of co- topics do you cover during the podcast? Like, what do you who do you have on? What kind of things do you do? Um, we do pretty much everything from bands to business owners. You know, their beginnings, how you know they got into either the music world, the business world, art, you know, theater, what whatever it is that they're doing. How like how did they get into doing that? You know, like. What is, like, one thing that they love about it? What's something that they don't so much love about it? You know, like, would they ever do it as a career? You know, things of things of that nature. Okay. So what what motivated you to start uh, to become involved with 5-7 Upress? Um, What's the it's genesis? It's a funny story. Um, I was in my last month of college, and um, I was kind of like in between like I don't know like what I'm gonna do with this degree in sound engineering and you know I gotta find an internship and this and that and blah 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 I'm just panicking like panicking like oh my god I'm never gonna graduate oh my god you know that I'm not meant for this career blah 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 and then out of nowhere um the guy who started the page reached out to me and he's like I want to start a media page and I'm like dude that's not what I want to do but like I used to, like, write stories on, like, YouTube and Wattpad and, excuse me, uh, things of that nature, but I never really took myself as being, like, a writer, per se, or a journalist, because um, I, I, I hate to be in other people's business. For some reason, I always know other people's business, but I hate it. Um, but I just, I, I figured, you know what, all right, fine, I'll take a chance, you know, I'm fresh out of college, you know, if something comes of this cool, if not, then, you know, I can move on and, you know, get a job working somewhere else. But I took the chance, and the first band I interviewed was a band called Blind Choice, and that's kind of what cemented it in for me, that this is what I'm supposed to do. All right, so how did you, how'd you come across Blind Choice? Um, Ricky, the founder, hooked me up with them. He was like, okay, cool. I'm really glad that, uh, you want to do this because you have an interview in two days. And I was like, what? What? Like, what, like, like, what do I ask? So I spent those entire two days, my only two days off from work, my only two days off from classes, binge watching, like, Loudwire interviews and Brian's stars to learn what not to do. And, like, listening to, like, the last podcast on the left and everything like that just to try and get prepped for this. And it it turned out really well, but I was, like, cramming, cramming, cramming. And it was funny because when I got the call that they were ready to do the interview, I was actually at the grocery store. And thankfully it was right up the street from my house, but I fucking flew home. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Like, how am I supposed to do this? And then they were just like, well, you can use Facebook Live. And I'm like... Dude, I, I I don't know how to use that, but then we figured it out, and it ended up being really good. Yeah, yeah, that's how I started out doing like using OBS with Facebook Live, and I do it all through a, a a video a Facebook video call. And then I found like I did that for like two years, and then I found uh, Streamyard, which is what we're on right now. And I was like, oh my god, this is a godsend. I don't have to do OBS anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, so. What's something you wish you knew then, like when you first in that first episode that you know now? Um, choose your questions wisely and choose your phrasing very wisely, because I will never forget when they told me how they sometimes brought a dong on stage, and I said, 
I'm gonna come to your show and I want to bang the dong. And my friend texts me after and she's like, "Why would you say that? Oh my god, that sounds so bad." And I'm like, "I, I didn't, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I can see why that'd be an issue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny though. Um, you have to show me that episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's got to be funny. Um, alrighty, so. Uh, what do you, what's your major passion in life? You said you went to college, so I think you went for audio engineering. Is that your, yes. so is that your major passion? Um, actually, no, my major passion is, um, I began playing guitar when I was around five years old. I first watched, uh, Drake and Josh on TV and I saw an interview with Drake Bell. And then directly after that, my mom changed the channel and she put on VH1 Classic and I'll never forget Def Leppard's Hysteria Tour was on TV because VH1 plays, like, all, like, the reruns of, like, live concerts and stuff. Yeah. And I watched it, and I saw it, and I looked at my mom, and I was like, Mommy, that's what I want to do. And I pestered her and pestered her and pestered her and pestered her until she bought me one of those Walmart uh, guitars. And then I played that until it literally snapped right in half. And then for my 10th birthday, she got me an electric guitar under the condition that I took lessons but the problem was I took two months of lessons, learned music theory, and decided that that was all I ever needed to know, so I stopped going. So around that time, I decided, well, you know, I already know all of this, and then I kind of got out of music. I dove headfirst into musical theater, and I already knew how to read music, so I had, like, the upper hand on everybody because, like, they were teaching people how to read music, and I already know how to read and write music. And then I got to high school, and I took three years of cosmetology out of Votet school. And it was okay. Um, I liked doing, like, nails, like acrylic nails. I actually placed third in a national nail competition. But it, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. And then around my senior year, I started playing guitar again. And I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And then I went to see Ice Nine Kills with the plot in you in uh lemoyne pennsylvania at a venue that's no longer open called the champ and as soon as as soon as the first band hit the stage i knew that that was what i was supposed to do for the rest of my life all righty so um what you said you placed thirst in the nail competition what's a nail competition comprised of um it pretty much comprises of like nail art like putting on acrylic nails and like uh, doing like art on them, like painting them, and you're timed. And the way that the competition worked was you had one hour to do it, like across the board. You had one hour to come up with your design, you had an hour to apply a full 10 nails, paint them, dry them, do your art, and then present it. That's pretty cool. So, was there like a prize or anything? Like, you just get credit? Uh, you pretty much just got credit. I don't know what first place got. I think they got like some kind of, some kind of like money, like a check for something. I don't know, but all I know is I was pissed because I, because I knew that third place didn't get anything. Like only first and second did, and I was pissed. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Alrighty. Uh. So what? Uh. How did you get into audio engineering? Um. Audio engineering was actually by accident. Um. I decided. After I got a scholarship to my mom's alma mater college, 
Um, I decided that that was definitely not what I wanted, and that was never what I was going to want. I never wanted to go there. Um, so I was browsing through a course catalog at my local community college, and I saw music recording technology, and I was like, well, that, well, that sounds cool. I mean, you know, I already have somewhat of a musical background. I did all that theater. You know, how hard can this be? You know, like I ran soundboards and everything. And that's how I ended up doing that was I was looking through a course catalog and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I'm going to try that because if you if you major in music, I mean, first of all, if you major in audio engineering, people already look at you like you're insane. But if you major in music, people really look at you like you're insane. So I didn't I didn't want to do that per se. Alrighty. Um. So what like how how many years is that? Is just a regular four year program or? Um, it was a two-year program. It is an associate in applied science degree. Um, I found out after the fact that you could go for the full four years, but I personally do not think that I would benefit from that because um, it's, I mean, you know, it's it, it's college. It's, it's work. It's hard work. But to me, I didn't think that the courses were as challenging as I initially anticipated when I graduated high school. Are you like a visual learner or learn as you do do things? Um, I learn as I do. So like if you show me something one time, chances are I can probably do it exactly the same way you just did it. Yeah, I'm similar. Um, so that's pretty neat. So is uh is that what was that college like like was it a lot of like schoolwork, like handwritten things or tests or was it like on you know, in the field doing stuff? Um, it was it was kind of a mixture. Um, my first year was all of my general education classes, and then I got like an introduction to like music recording, and you know that was just you know re relearning music theory and you know music appreciation where you had to sit in class for an hour and a half and listen to you know Mozart or Gregorian chants. And now for some strange reason, though, I actually really liked that. I don't know why. Um, but I really enjoyed listening to Gregorian chants and Mozart. So I, I don't know. I guess that could be seen as weird. I guess some people wouldn't think it's all that weird, though. But um, and then my second year was all hands on pretty much, except for my electrical engineering course. I had to learn how to uh, wire and rewire like uh, restrictors and, you know, all that fun stuff that goes into electrical um, and then, like, I learned, you know, like, mixing, mastering, editing, cutting audio, how to mic drums, how to mic guitar amps, you know, um, how to isolate vocals and everything. And then I actually ended up interning at a radio station near me. So, uh, shout out 97.9X in Whoops Bear, PA, because they really showed me the ropes of, like, actually physically being out in the field as opposed to in a college recording studio doing everything. Sweet. Is that the Cumulus Media there? Uh, yes, that's Cumulus. Sweet. I had a, a question about that. So we'll just touch on that. So what all did you do as an intern there again? Um, I did a lot of like their events with them. Like I assisted in events. Um, if they needed things like commercials edited, like I would edit that. Um, I was mostly prod or production, so, you know, I would, like, edit commercials before they would go on or edit, like, 
you know, like if we got like a new song in, I would like edit it and make sure, you know, like it wasn't like explicit and it was radio friendly and everything like that. So it was pretty much all over the place, but we, we did a lot of, um, events and a lot of editing of commercials. Oh, so like a lot of imaging. Right. Okay. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, nice. Do you have anyone you want to thank for where you are right now? Uh, definitely my mother. Uh, she, she is my rock. I will never forget the look on her face when I told her I was majoring in music. Um, she has a PhD in nursing and teaching. So when I told her, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see myself in a career anywhere else. She was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, you know, you're 18, that's your decision. And she has ended up becoming my biggest fan. She, like I said, from day one, she bought me my first guitar, my first keyboard, you know, and you know, my dad too, he's, he's great too. You know, he bought me like a drum kit and all the amps I needed and everything else. So honestly, both my parents, you know, my mom's boyfriend, uh, he, he came in the picture like my last year of college, but he's, he's still been great. You know, like if I'm going to an event and I know that I'm going to be drinking because I'm 21 now, he'll be my DD and he'll be like, be like, okay, don't fuck up this interview. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> so honestly, so honestly, those three, I really have to thank for where I am today. Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's awesome. You look, you look up your parents like that and they support you though. And what you want to do. That's fantastic. I have, you know, similar, I have a similar situation. So I, it's awesome. Um, what is some advice you want to you have for some aspiring uh, artists or writers? Um, just go for it. Do not hesitate because if you hesitate, um, you will spend the majority of your life kicking yourself in the ass and wondering what could have been and saying, wow, I should have did this or I sh shouldn't have done that. Like if somebody would have came to me when I was 16 and I was an angsty kid and I didn't know what the hell I wanted out of life. And I was going to beauty school because the Votech I went to, you could have taken broadcast communications, which is literally almost mirroring audio engineering. And I was up in the air with it. But if somebody would have came to me when I was 16, like my future self or whatever, if like that could have been possible. I know it's not, but that could have been possible. If my future self would have came to me and punched me in the mouth and said, this is where you're going to be in five years, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. But... You know, I hesitated. I went back and forth. Just the point I'm trying to make is don't ever hesitate. Don't be back and forth. If you have a gut feeling about something, take it and do it while you can. All right, cool. Yeah, I try to take opportunities when I see them, but I sometimes hesitate myself. But um, yeah. yeah, definitely I could I could acknowledge that. Um, cool. So how did you get into public relations for DI Records? Okay. Um, Dakota... Uh, the founder of DI Records, he uh, actually sponsored one of our very first ever shows we did. Um, and I guess he kind of like tracked our progress and kind of like just like kind of watched what we were doing and he ended up really liking it. And he actually, we ended up partnering with them. Um, he has been great. He is super supportive of our vision and we have complete creative control, but you know, sometimes we'll be like, you know, like Alana, like, what the hell are you doing? Or, you know, or whatever, you know, as a typical record label owner would be. So I would expect that. Um, but I got into doing public relations by accident because he asked me if I wanted to kind of be a liaison. And I'm like, you mean like the, like a go between? And he's like, 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, we're getting we're getting bigger, and I need somebody who can answer questions for me, who, you know, knows how I work and knows how everything else works. And I was like, shit, okay, sign me up, I'll do it. Cool. So what all do you do in public relations? Um, pretty much, I just moved to public relations for photography. So, like, if the photographer runs into an issue at a show or with you know, like, uh, a venue owner or just, like, issues with the website or whatever, I'm, like, there, you know, and if I can't handle the problem, then it goes off to Dakota, but I'm just kind of, it's almost kind of like I'm, like, his assistant in a way, because, like, if I can't solve the problem, then it goes off to him, but if I can, then they'll just come to me and ask me, you know, like, can I get on this show, or, you know, like, what do you think about this, or that, or the next thing. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, I didn't realize that's what that was. I, I thought you did something more like, well, I guess outreach is similar, so that's uh, that's cool. So you also work as a street teamer for Intercom Communications. What does that mean? Um, Pretty much, like, it's, it's promotion-based, so I would go to all of the events and just kind of represent the radio stations as a whole and, um, you know, just, like, hype people up, like, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever gone to like some like local festivals and the radio stations are there and they're like playing games and blaring the music and everything. That's pretty much what I do. Okay. All right. So you like pass out flyers and all that kind of stuff. I used to see for like clubs. Right. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. And what is Intercom Communications? Um, Intercom Communications is actually. Um, I don't know how like I can I can word it because I'm not sure where you are, but they are a radio station in my area known as 98.5 KRZ, and uh, Max 102 and Froggy 101. If you're familiar with Froggy 101, yeah, the from the office station. Right, right. So they are the owners of those radio stations. So um, the radio station is more or less the subsidiary rather than Intercom. Intercom just like owns them. Okay, cool. Um. Neat. So, yeah, around here we have uh, one of those, it's, uh, what are they called, Clear Clearwater? No. Um, yeah, I can't, Clear Channel, Clear Channel Communications, and they own a bunch of the radio stations in Rhode Island. Uh, pretty much all of them, actually. But, yeah, so I know what you're talking about there. That's pretty neat. Um, do you like cassette tapes? What? Do you like cassette tapes? Yes. Do you collect them and stuff, or? I collect them, and I collect vinyl records and CDs. Sweet, yeah. So I make my I make cassette tapes on myself. Uh, like actually put them out for Promises Cap Collective, and you know put bands on cassette and help them out. And pretty cool. I love doing it. I love cassettes. I'm just like starting my own collection though. I've got like twelve, like twelve cassettes yeah. besides the ones I've made. And uh, so I j I just like cassettes. Uh, what's your is it? What's your favorite platform out of like final cassettes and CDs? Um, my favorite cassette. Your favorite platform, like vinyl cassettes or CDs? Um, definitely vinyl. I love the rusted sound of vinyl. I, I am very much. I'm kind of all over the place with my music taste, but I'm very much into CCR, and I love how. When you listen to them on a vinyl, it literally sounds like they just recorded it and it's old. Yeah, I like vinyl too. I have like 50-something vinyls that I've collected over. And actually, in 2014 alone, I collected like 50 of them. And you believe in ghosts? 
Uh, yes, I do actually. When I was uh, in the sixth grade, we my class took a field trip to a local landmark known as the historic um, Jim Thorpe Jail Museum. And there is a legend that one of the Molly Maguires promised that if he was innocent before he was hanged, his handprint would be forever displayed on the wall in the prison. And he like dipped his hand in sand and he put it up on the wall. And supposedly they've like knocked out the wall and everything. But all I know is when I was like 12 years old, I got locked in that cell on the field trip. And the stuff that went on there could have been part of the act, but I have no explanation for it. And that's all I'm going to say. What, what kind of stuff went on? Um, well, like, it was me and, like, a couple other people, and I am very much into horror movies, so I always knew to, like, check, like, every nook and cranny, and there was nobody else, like, in there with us, but, like, we would always hear, like, this, like, like, on the wall, like, the constant, like, tapping on the wall, and we were, like, in a dungeon, and there was no lights in there, so it's not to say that, like, one of the, like, workers wasn't, like, in there, like, screwing with us, but all I know is, like, it was just an all-around weird experience because, like, if you looked at the right angle, like, you could, like, kind of, like, see, like, the outline of, like, the hand, like, starting to come through the wall. And it could have been a projection, but I don't know. I just, I didn't have an explanation for it at that time, so I've just kind of believed in it ever since. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any other ghost stories you want to share? Um... Probably my senior year of high school, I think the weirdest experience I, I had, like, those story-wise, was I have lived in this house, the house I'm currently in, since I was born. My mom has lived here since she was born. My great-grandparents built the house, and then my grandparents had it, now my mom has it, and so forth. Anyway, so nobody else has ever lived here except for my whole family. My mom, you know, my dad, my brother, whatever. And in my senior year of high school... It was weird. I had my best friend, who's now my manager on the page, Jordan, staying over my house. And my brother was out for the night because he's older than me. And my mom was a teacher at the time at my school. So we would get up at the same time. And my friend Jordan comes over from, at the time, it wasn't my office. It was my second bedroom, which is the room I was just in. And she comes over and she goes, Alana, you need to get up. And I'm like, Dude, it's like three in the morning. We have to be up in two hours for school. Go the hell to bed. And she's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You ha We have to, like, you have to get up and turn on a light. So I get up and I turn on the light. I'm like, dude, like, what's, like, what's your deal? Like, what's, what's happening? And she goes, there was a little boy standing at the bottom of your bed. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what kind of dreams are you having? Like, what do you mean there was a little boy? There's no little boy here. She goes, you don't understand. I saw a little boy. And I was like, yeah. Okay. So I left the light on and I, and I turned on the TV in that room for her. And, you know, I just kind of for my own peace of mind, because I think part of me kind of believed her because she's very skeptical. And for her to like say something like that, like, I, I guess like I kind of believed her. So the next morning I was getting ready for school and we were sitting on my floor doing our makeup and my mom came in and my mom said, Hey, um, I have to tell you about this weird dream I had last night. And I'm like, okay, uh, what's the dream? And she goes, well, I had this dream that this little boy was standing at the edge of my bed. And I was like, 
excuse me? You had, you had a dream about what? And she goes, yeah, there was this little boy standing at the bottom of my bed and he was talking to me. And he was a really nice boy. And I was like, and then she goes, and then she goes, well, I had this dream that I was on a roller coaster with this boy. And I'm like, all right, hold the phone. Because I had a dream that I was on a roller coaster with this little boy. Jordan's over here telling me she saw him at the end of my bed. You saw him at the end of your bed. So at the time, my cousin Jamie, who at the time was living in uh, Oregon, messaged me on Facebook and she goes, dude, I gotta tell you this. And I'm like, oh no, please, nothing, no more bombshells, please. I can't take it. <laughs> and she was like, I had this dream that I was on a roller coaster with a little boy and he said that he knew you. And I'm like, dude, what? I don't know a little boy. There's never been a little boy in this house. I don't have... You know, I don't have little brothers. I, I am the youngest of four, so I am my mom's last child. It's just me, you know. And I was like, okay, there's there's got to be an explanation for this. We still never found it out, but my mom has told me on, like, numerous occasions. She's like, hey, I had a dream about that little boy again, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's crazy. And you, you, you still live in the same house? All this I still live in the same house, yes. We've been here... I've been here my whole life. My the only, the only time my mom moved away was when she went to college, but then she came back. So it's it's always been in the family. So we're not entirely sure if maybe like it was like a childhood friend of hers or a childhood friend of her brothers or something like that, you know, or like maybe like a long lost like deceased relative or something. Like we're we're still not sure. That's wild. All right, cool. What do you think about when you're alone in your car? Um, when I'm alone in my car, that is my time to sit and reflect. Um, driving calms me down. Um, I blew the motor in my car, so I'm currently without a car. Um, but that's another story. Um, but I like to kind of, like, just reflect on, like, whatever's on my mind at that point. Like, I'll turn, like, like I like, I like rock music, so, like, I'll turn, like, you know, like, Pantera, or, um, I really like the Wonder Years, or I'll turn yes. on, like, blast or whatever and just like drive and just think about anything whatever's on my mind at that point i love the wonder years uh do you like the story so far yes they're great i think what's your favorite album uh my favorite album is probably what you don't see really that's not what i hear about a bunch uh, i like what did what you don't see i like all their albums but i think my favorite is the newest one um uh proper dose oh yeah i really like that um i think my favorite song off that album is uh, upside down it's pretty good oh really yeah i didn't i didn't really listen to proper dose and i kind of did the same thing with the wonder years i didn't really listen to sister cities either me i haven't um, listened to it either but i did listen to proper dose and it was really good i had listened to like maybe two songs off of each album and decided that i didn't like it but I'm probably going to go back to them and give them another shot. <laughs> yeah, I will too. I, I haven't given Sister Cities a shot yet, um, but I will. I'm sure I'll like it. I just haven't given it a chance. Um, I, fell, right. I fell behind on music. Um, I'm still in like 20, 2017. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so if you could trade places with any other person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional, who would it be? Well, 
Honestly, I would probably trade places with Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. Bubbles, really? Why would you choose? Yeah, because she's she's always like so happy to lucky, but like just some of the stuff she says like reminds me so much of myself, especially like my younger self. Because I loved the Powerpuff Girls, and I was just kind of like that kid who didn't want to be bothered, but like cared way too much about what everybody thought. So Bubbles really reminds me of myself in that aspect. All right, cool. If you won the lottery, what would you do with the money? If I won the lottery? Yeah, what's the first thing you would do with the money? Uh, first thing I would do with the money is I would donate it to Susan G. Coleman for the cure for the Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, my mother is a stage one breast cancer survivor, so the Susan G. Coleman Foundation means a lot to me and my family. So I would probably donate a good portion of my winnings to that. And then I would buy my mom a house, and then I would buy myself a house, and then... I would probably just donate the rest of it to a local animal shelter because um, my mom and I used to rescue cats. And now we still have four cats, but we used to rescue cats and rehome them and foster them. So um, I would probably just, you know, buy myself a house, buy my mom a house, um, give my dad and my mom's boyfriend some money and everything, and then just donate the rest to an animal shelter. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty neat. Um What's something you failed at but later achieved? The what? What's something you failed at but later achieved? Uh, what's something I failed at but later achieved? Um, probably learning how to play bass. Um, no, I play bass. Yeah. Um, the only I only knew a couple of songs, and I thought, well, I play guitar. It can't be that much different. Um, I was in for a rude awakening when I could not play my band's set list properly and if I would get it right I would get it out of time so it was an epic fail at first but I'm getting there um, with the help of Fender Play which by the way if anybody watching is a musician Fender Play is offering three free months to I think they extended it I think it's like the first like 500,000 people that sign up now but three free months and they teach like Guitar, ukulele, and bass. Oh, sweet. Uh, so are you in a band currently? or? Um, sort of, yeah. We are kind of in between guitarists, so it's just me and my vocalist and our drummer. But hopefully once this whole quarantine thing is over, we'll be able to start um, actively auditioning guitarists again. Oh, cool. So what's the name of your band? Uh, we are called Eyes of the World. All right. You play uh, what kind of music? Um, I like to call it hard rock with a twist because the three of us are all influenced by very, very different types of music. But a lot of it is similar, but a lot of it's very different as well. So like we always like incorporate some of like our like you know like our music tastes. And I have a very odd playing style, so we always try and like incorporate something for everyone into that. All right. So, nice. Uh, that's pretty cool. Where can people find your band? Because I didn't know that about you. We are on Instagram. Um, my drummer, my vocalist, and myself are currently writing uh, via Facebook Messenger. Um, so, like, she'll write lyrics, and then I'll come up with a bass line, and then our drummer will be, well, our drummer can't really do anything. This is drum kits at my house. But, like, you know, like, he'll be like, okay, like, I get, like, what you're trying to say here. 
So we are writing, but we don't have any music out right now because we dropped our last guitarist right before the quarantine hit, right as we were starting to write. So it's kind of just the three of us. All right, cool. Well, look forward to hearing from you from the band. Um, sweet. So, uh, what, what's your favorite? Uh, what articles have you written? I know you kind of wrote something about uh, Noah Schrute, and that's not his real name, but he doesn't want that shared. So, um, so yeah, you do do writing. I do do writing. Yes, um, I do article writing. I do like album reviews and you know all that fun stuff. Um, I feel like I like to do the album reviews better, um, but. Unfortunately, I've kind of given that to Jamie now because I I have been told that I'm way too nice um, by a variety of people. Um, I don't like to be mean. I don't like to tell people, you know, oh, your shit sucks. Because just because I don't like it doesn't mean that somebody else won't. So I always try and, like, go easy on them, per se. Just because, like I said, just because I don't like it doesn't mean somebody else won't. So I always, I always try and be nice, but... People have told me in the past that I'm probably a little bit too nice. So I've designated the album review task to Jamie now. And now I just, I do like our written interviews. Like if we have bands from like out of the country that we do like an email interview with, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite thing to do is album reviews. Just because I love hearing like all this like new music from these artists. All right, cool. What are your goals for the next few years? Um, that's a tough one because as I was just starting to say right before I cut off, um, they're way different now than when I first got out of college. And I know that that sounds so weird because it was only literally, it'll be a year in May since I'm out of college. But, um, I feel like, and I always say this, I don't want to be famous. I just want to be somebody and I want to be able to live comfortably enough that I can buy my mom a house and I can, you know, fix up the family house or buy my own house or, you know, travel and, you know, not be afraid, you know, of, you know, whatever, like financial burdens or whatever. And I just want to be able to live comfortably. I want to be happy. I want to do what I love with amazing people. And so far, knock on wood, I have had that opportunity. Um, so I just, you know, like I said, I don't want to be famous, but I just want to be somebody someday. And Brock Hampton said that, not me. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I have similar uh, aspirations, so that's pretty neat. Um, Alrighty. Uh, using a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself on how weird you are. And how what I am? How weird you are? <laughs> Definitely an 11. Definitely 11. an 11. What, what makes you say that? Oh, yeah. Um, just because, like, some of, like, the stuff that comes out of my mouth is, like, off the wall. Like, I spend a lot of time, like, thinking about shit that I probably, that probably normal people wouldn't think about. Like, I, I have literally, you know, I, I just smoke cigarettes and occasionally, like, I'll drink, like, a beer. Which, this beer kind of tastes like water, but anyway, that's not the point. So, I am 100% sober, and sometimes I'll, like, I'll, like, look at my mom or I'll, or I'll look at her boyfriend and I'm like, do you guys think that bugs have feelings? And they're like, what? Like, where did that come from? And I'm like, I don't know. I was just thinking, and I was like, like, what if we kill a bug? Like, do you think that they can feel it? And they're like, oh, my God. Why are you asking me this? Yeah, I think shit like that. Um, that's pretty. Yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't do that the same thing about like uh like trees and like uh you know plant life. But Yeah, that's see that's how I am. Yeah, like I just read an article I just read an article yesterday on Daily News. Now I heard it Daily News is kinda like fake news, but like excuse me. Um I read an article about this tree that owns itself. So by law, some city and I think it I think it's England, I don't think it's in the US. But the city cannot tear the tree down because the tree literally owns itself. And I'm like, how the hell does a tree own itself? And it was, like, really in-depth about how, like, the person who planted it before, like, whatever. Like, it's not, like, the land wasn't owned by anybody. And I'm like, yo, that's so cool. <laughs> that's wild. You ever any stranger crazy experiences? Stranger crazy experiences. Um... The only one that comes to mind was when I was a freshman in high school, um, because high school was a very odd time. When I was a freshman in high school, we were in library in my English class, and I was really good at English. Um, so like, I would finish like, my essays before everybody else, and like the kids that would finish would like, get to, not go on a computer, but they would like get to sit in a group and talk and pretty much do whatever the hell we wanted. And somehow the group I was in, we ended up playing Truth or Dare, and Somebody dared me to like a textbook, like the covers of a textbook, and for whatever ungodly reason, I did it. Um, and I still have never experienced anything quite like that, and I've never done anything quite like that ever again, and I'm probably never going to. But that was probably the craziest experience I think I've had so far. Um, there are some that I probably can't say, um, like with shows, but. I, I think that that one kind of tastes the cake with licking a textbook. Wait, so what happened when you licked it? I'm lost. Um, nothing. I was just dared to do it. And then two days later, I had bronchitis, so. Oh, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. Like, we were bored, and I was like, somehow we got on the topic, and I'm like, I'm not afraid to do dares. And the kid was like, oh, prove it. Lick this textbook. And I was like, shit. All right. And I just picked up the textbook, like, and I just, like, licked the whole thing. And I was like, see, it's not that bad. And everyone was like, okay. Because I was, like, that weird, like, emo kid. So everyone was like, okay, the emo kid is a little out there. Yeah. That's, okay. That's interesting. Um, don't get sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, cool. So on that note, what is the, what's the funniest thing that ever happened to you? Um, I think probably when I was interviewing this one band from Italy called Awake for Days, um, I am very clumsy by nature. Um, I think it's just like in my DNA now. Um, and I was interviewing them and we were up on the seventh floor of the venue because it was like a seven story venue. Like there was like a stage on every level and we were on the seventh floor and, um, I was, I wasn't, like, running late, but I kind of was at the same time because, like, there was, like, six other opening bands, and I was interviewing all of them plus them, and then I wanted to see Cold because um, it was on their Broken Human tour. Um, so I was, like, kind of, like, rushing, and I ran up the steps, and as soon as the manager brought, like, their manager brought them in, like, they were already in there, and I ran, and I went to turn a corner, and I tripped, and I fell, and I was like, oh, shit, and the guys were like, they were so sweet, they were like, uh, they were like, um, miss, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, let's just 
get get on with it. Let's pretend that that never happened. And then um, after the fact, when I was leaving the show, I was on the first floor, and I missed a step, and I fell again. And I was, like, totally sober because I was underage at the time. But I missed a step. And I fell again, but somehow like I caught myself before I fell. Like if that made any sense. So, okay. Yeah, I think I think that was probably like the funniest thing that's happened to me because I was like, I had never heard of this band before, but like Cold was in there and like all the opening bands who I was friends with, and everybody just saw me go right down, and I was like, Jesus. That's wild. All right, cool. Um, let's see if I want that do anything else. Uh. I think that'll be it. So, all right. So, real quick, just plug out again. Every plug, whatever you want. Shout out anybody you want. Do do that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I am Alana with Five Seven No Press. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Five Seven No Press, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Seven No Press. No underscores. We hate them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we have a website that is set to launch, but I can't tell you when because it's a secret. Well, I can. Um, no, wait, no, we're live. I was gonna say, this, is, this isn't dropping until May, I can. Um, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to ruin it. Because um, I forgot this was live. But So we have a website that's launching. Find us on YouTube at 570 Press Northeast PA. Uh, find us on 570PressNEPA.blogspot.com for right now. For all of our Articles, uh, shout out to my team, Jordan, Jamie, uh, Dakota, um, Noah. I really honestly wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Shout out to my parents, my mom's boyfriend, um, my cats for keeping me sane, and shout out to whoever the hell invented coffee because I would not be able to do this without that. Um, also, make sure that you check out Blind Choice, check out Brotality, really cool dudes, really sick bands. Um, if you're into metal, Brotality is more your thing. But if you're into like punk rock, pop punk, I think you'll like Blind Choice. So make sure you check those two out. And we will catch you next time. Sweet. All right, cool. All right, everybody. As she said, this is Alana Weaver. She's the co-founder of 570 Press. And she is also a podcaster, writer, and audio engineer. Everybody, this is the Hey, How's It Going show.